This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of health care coverage. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, and I apologize for the late start of our OTP taping. I was visiting with Titans assistant coach Jim Schwartz, catching up. We had not spoken in person in... I guess 11 years. Whoa. And so we were sort of going back and forth a little bit, and that was why I was late getting to our taping site, and my apologies. (sighs) Well, yeah, you were definitely late, and so I've just been eating snacks until you got here. So I appreciate that. But what did you guys talk about? I would love to kind of hear the backstory because I hear so much about Jim Schwartz, but I've never never met him. We were together for what amounted to my first 11 years with the team. And he came in as a defensive assistant and then moved up to linebacker coach and then became defensive coordinator and then left to become head coach of the Detroit Lions. Of course, then he went to Buffalo and Philadelphia, and now he's back here. He had moved his family back here years ago. So Jim, because the the kids and everybody, the, the thought is they want to go to high school in the same place. And, you know, it was a family decision. A lot of coaches do that, as you know. Right. And so he's been in the community, and tons of people have seen him and have said, Jim Schwartz was at Kroger, or Jim Schwartz was here, and yet I hadn't had a chance to visit with him. He, he's one of the brightest people that I've ever met in coaching, and I'm just talking about as a human being. Jim is so smart. Went to Georgetown. Yeah. So that immediately it. tells you something. Not everybody gets to go to Georgetown. Really interested in a lot of different things out Outside the sports world, but also within the sports world. He's like a huge baseball fan. His kids, you know, really have have done well. And he has one more daughter left in high school. And so she's wrapping up that. And I, I think he's just in a really good place. And I think he's very excited to be part of this program. And, you know, that was that was what we were just sort of discussing was how his role is filling out and I think he's very comfortable being sort of an overseer a special assistant and I think he's going to add a lot to what Shane Bowen is doing on defense and a lot to what Mike Vrabel does with the entire team because of the completeness of his experience having been a head coach and having been a coordinator in different places and he knows here you know, he knows the Titans organization, and so that's a that's a good thing. He seems like a Mike Vrabel guy, and I mean that very glowingly. Like, that, that is definitely a compliment, a Mike Vrabel guy. Well, the reason I think that's true is he was with Belichick in Cleveland, and so he's got the Belichick tie, and so they, they come from the same family. It's why... John Robinson understands Mike Vrabel, and Mike Vrabel understands John Robinson, is there's this thinking process. It's like this week. The Titans signed Trevon Coley, a defensive lineman who's been with seven teams and I think played for four Mm -hmm. and has done a nice job. And then they signed Avery Jones, who we've played against since 2013 and has always really played well in Jacksonville's defensive line against us. Those are typical Belichick type moves and I was listening to Pat Kerwin my idol on (laughs) Sirius XM talking about this and I thought the same thing this morning Belichick always tries to find those valuable veterans on the back end of free agency 
because you get these guys in, and if they can still play, I mean, you've gotten a bonus because right now they don't have any leverage as free agents. They they just want a job. If they can't play, you're not out anything. Right. You know, you, you just move on. And so Belichick has revived so many careers in New England by just giving veteran players – at key positions like defensive line, a chance. The Coley-Jones moves this week are typical of that. And I think you're going to see not just the Titans, but other teams continue to do that. Because if you look at the list of free agents who are out there still, there are a lot of good veteran players that are out there who just have no leverage because there's not a lot of money in the market. Right, and so this is a really cool opportunity for teams to infuse experience, infuse veteran leadership, infuse wisdom in a locker room for not a ton of money and maybe get some really valuable pieces out of it. And infuse competition. Yep. That's the other part because I think when you when you look at both of these players, they were undrafted originally. They want a job. The guys who are sixth, seventh round picks undrafted or guys who have lost a job somewhere else, you want a fourth of your players on the back end of the roster, maybe not that many, maybe 20%. But you want those guys who are desperately fighting for a job. They realize that this pays great money. They want to play football. They want to stay in the NFL. There's a, a sense of desperation to them in how they go to meetings, in how they practice. And so some of the young guys who maybe made it as undrafted before, made it as late-round draft picks before, quickly learn you better keep that hunger because you are guaranteed of nothing. Right. The guys like Wesley Woodyard, who was such right. a player here in the later part of his career, I mean, it was because he was an undrafted guy who was able to find his niche, do a good job, and fight like hell for a job. Well, and he never got over the whole chip on the shoulder thing. Right. And that part of it staying with you. Like Avery Jones, I'll give you an example. So when I would talk to our offensive coordinators in production meetings before Jacksonville games, they would always talk about, we got to block Avery Jones. 6'4", 3'18", got to find a way to block him. Everyone would be talking about Calais Campbell or Yannick Ngakwe, or Miles Jack, or whomever, but they would start there. They would say, he's the guy that makes them kind of go. He is that set piece. And so last year, when we went down to play them in December and Derrick Henry had the big game, Avery Jones was not on the field. He was out with an injury. Aha. And so suddenly, they don't have to worry about blocking him. He's 29. He's played eight years in the league. He's played over 100 games in this league. He's got 52 starts. I have no idea what he has left. I got, I got no clue. I have no idea about his injury status. No clue. But he's been a productive player in this league. And for a Tier Tart, you better keep it hot, friend. And for guys like that, you've got to keep motoring because a professional like this is going to come in and Coley – and they're going to put the heat on you. That's the idea. Let this be a public service announcement to Titans fans just everywhere. It's not about the flashy names all the time. Not you all the time. need the consistent people to build a team. It's not a team of just five people whose names you've heard or who you've played video games as. It's about the building blocks of a team. You need everybody. You need everybody. And what you're looking for is you're looking for the best five to go on your roster and the best four to be ready on game day. Right. 
in the defensive line is what I'm talking about. And so if Avery Jones or Trevon Coley makes you better than what you had, you know, for Murchison, they're, they're expecting Laurel Murchison to play a bigger role this year, but they're going to push him. Yep. There's just nobody guaranteed of anything, especially on defense where you weren't very good last year. The defensive side of the ball in general is very interesting to me this year because there were so many good things and there were so many frustrating things. So finding out how they're going to enhance the good, bring in new people to increase it even more, and then iron out some of the wrinkles from last year. What have you seen in practice so far that you can share with the OT people? You know, OTAs are an interesting OTAs, <laughs> OTAs for the OTP. It's a lot of abbreviations here, just just a lot. OTAs are an interesting time because sometimes you get a lot of install and a lot of teaching. This year it's felt like practice. You know what I'm saying? It feels like they're not trying to figure out some of the very basic things. It feels like they're elevating and they're working. Especially this week with more veterans in. Absolutely. This was the week that we saw a lot of veteran players out on the field. The first week there weren't as many veterans there, so we're all kind of looking around like, who are these people? Because we haven't seen them without masks is the other thing. Right. We haven't seen faces in so long. So now that there's some veteran people out on the field, you're like, oh, the Tennessee Titans, I remember you guys. And it's been it's been great. It feels like a mid-season football practice to me. I thought last week was interesting with a lot of the starters not out there because it was a great opportunity for guys who are either pushing for starting jobs or pushing for playing time or just pushing for roster spots to get incredibly valuable reps. Yeah. And you've got a guy like Breon Borders. Breon Borders is a guy who played some good corner for the Titans last year, and you're wondering, you know, could could he sort of take over that LaShawn Sims, Ty Smith role? I don't know that he's a starter, but could he be the rotational corner that you play? Because you, on paper, and, and it's not right to assume, but I'm going to do it anyway, Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley, you, you figure are probably your starters. Mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins – could be a starter. You're thinking that Molden could be a starter. You're not thinking Breon Borders is a, is a starter, probably. But what if he becomes a guy you're totally comfortable playing because now he's been in your system for a year? I mean, that's a find at not an expensive price, and that's quality depth. So for those guys, that's a good thing. The other guy that jumped out to me last week was Amani Hooker. And then carrying it over to this week with him being paired with Kevin Byard. And Kevin Byard said something about Amani Hooker. Amani Hooker looks like a really good player on defense now. Not just a guy who's playing. He looks like a good player. A different guy than two years ago. Absolutely. He looks comfortable. Mm -hmm. He looks like that leader that he has said before that he wanted to walk into that. He wanted to become a leader on that side of the ball because we've had some guys leave who were leaders. So for him to be able to make that step, still get in the work, get the extra reps, and then still fit in with the veteran group when they're out there and feel like he fits right in, that is great for the Tennessee Titans, especially that defensive backs group. Yep, because you're trying to find all of the fits especially due to the fact that you're in five and six defensive back packages so much. There, there are realistically 12 starters on defense when you consider the nickel as the 12th starter. Because the nickel 
will probably start more games in the NFL in this day and time than the third defensive lineman will. Right. You don't need as many defensive linemen because you're very rarely going to play you know, five guys in those spots. You're, you're only going to keep four up on game day. It's why a guy like, I'll give you an example, Rashad Weaver, the fourth-round pick out of Pittsburgh. If Rashad Weaver can get to the season, the off-the-field thing – you know, gets cleared up, and he can become part of the football team. Now, that's an if, and it's still out there, obviously. But he could line up as an outside linebacker, but in passing downs, he can put his hand down and also be a rush defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. You're looking for guys who have the ability to do those sorts of things to play in those packages. Variety, variety, variety. You want to be able to move things around, show different looks, and have people who can fit in different spaces. Versatility. Yeah. Yeah, versatility is a uh, is a big deal overall. Amy, in other news that hit Friday afternoon, the Titans placed cornerback Kevin Johnson on the reserve retired list, which makes Breon Borders even more valuable now because KJ was a guy that they were counting on for corner depth, but also to play that nickel. Yes, absolutely. Interesting move, but... Great time for Breon Borders. For Breon Borders, for Chris Jackson. Yes. Potentially on the inside for Elijah Molden on the inside. This will change some calculus. Offensive line swap as well. The team has waived injured tackle Anthony McKinney, who was an opt-out last year for uh, COVID reasons in 2020. They have waived him injured, and they have added Adam Kuhn to the roster. He is a three-time All-America wrestler at the University of Michigan. He was an All-State linebacker in high school and uh, is just some kind of overall athlete. And so trying to make it in the NFL as an offensive lineman, Adam Kuhn added to the mix to begin OTAs next week and head toward the minicamp. Going to give him a look. A lot to watch in the coming weeks. Wrestlers are oftentimes outstanding linemen. Really? Good hands. That's it. They know how to use their bodies. They know angles. They are great with hand placement, and they generally have exceedingly strong hands, which is a big deal in terms of either grabbing onto somebody and not letting them get away, or if you're a defensive lineman, grabbing a hold of someone, as we like to say in Tennessee, grab, grabbing a hold of someone and <laughs> getting them out of the way. Yeah. Two valuable things to be able to do if you're playing on a line of some sort. That's well put. Yes. All right, so let's talk about the Julio Jones non-story of the week. <laughs> I, I get the sense that as the entire NFL watches the Julio Jones thing, that people are surprised that nothing has happened with Julio Jones in Atlanta. Really? The situation is pretty simple. The Falcons have to clear cap room. Julio Jones doesn't want to be there anymore. He's got a big cap number. They can trade him now because it's a post-June 1st, 3 p.m. Central time trade. So they can divide his cap hit over two years and they can save a bunch of money. They're not going to cut him because they're going to try to get something for him. That's the whole thing. So now, as it has been talked about by people, and I was discussing this with somebody last night, and they said, are the Titans going to sign Julio Jones? And I said, no. And this person looked at me like, well, I'm like, you would have to trade for him. That's the complication. This is not Jadevian Clowney. Right. This is a guy you're going to have to make a trade for, which means you're trading for his contract. 
you're trading for him, you're trading an asset, and that part of it is out there right now. So from that standpoint, I'm not surprised that it has been as complicated as what it is because people know the Falcons have to do something. And what do we always say about draft or free agency or anything? The biggest problem you have in all of this is when you have to do something. Right, because you lose all your leverage. You lose every bit of leverage. Yeah. Do you think, in your professional opinion, Mike Keith, that this could linger on into training camp? I don't think so, okay. because they've got to sign their draft picks. I think the time limit on this is probably mid-July, but I mean, I, it would be surprising if it went on that long. I think they're going to want it cleared up sooner than later. I would think at some point their ownership would pick up the phone if he keeps reading the paper and the Falcons aren't looking very good in this and he just tells his young general manager, go do something. Terry Fontenot is a new GM, and I think he's in a position that he's not going to take a big hit for whatever he does here. So if he only gets a three, I don't think it hurts Terry Fontenot, the GM, one way or the other. If it was a situation where the eight-year GM is doing it, then he looks bad. I think the way the Falcons look bad is the longer this lingers on. And then as they go through their OTAs and their veteran minicamp, then they continue to get asked about it. The veteran players get asked about it. Matt Ryan gets asked about it. Are they going to make a deal with Julio that he doesn't have to show up for veteran minicamp? Because that's the only thing in the offseason you can force somebody to do. Right. It's mandatory. Yeah. It's a dark cloud. It's a dark cloud right now, and you've got – you sense that there are all these teams laying in the weeds, and they have not made their best offer because their feeling is – the Falcons are not going to have as much to choose from as they hope they're going to have to choose from. Yeah, so if you're a team that thinks, maybe, you're playing the long game. You're waiting it out a little bit to see how desperate the other guy gets. Well, and, and here's the other thing you're doing, too. You're watching your players in minicamp to see how certain young guys are doing at positions because let's say if a young guy is playing well at tight end, just hypothetically, for random NFL team. So you've got a young guy who's playing well at tight end, and you decide to make the trade for Julio Jones, and you've got a clear cap in order to do it, then you can go tell your 12-year tight end, your veteran guy, we're sorry, we're going to have to cut you because they need the cap room and because you know that young guy can now take his place. Interesting. So you are spending this time every day that a team gets – you're spending this time evaluating your own roster because essentially everybody who's involved supposedly with Julio Jones will have to make moves in other places to free up money. The talk that's out there is that you restructure contracts. If you can help doing that, you really don't want to do that. Right. You would rather make another move, but whomever the team is that takes Julio Jones – is dictating a series of other moves based on the fact that you take on his contract. You're going to either have to cut somebody now or not extend somebody 
or you're going to have to figure out how you're going to pay somebody down the line that you had already figured out a plan what you were going to do. I mean, there are a lot of things that will go into this. The other thing, too, is let's say you deal him for a two. Okay. Well, then you're not going to have that two next year. And you need it. Well, you generally do. I mean, let's look at the Titans twos. You know, let's talk about Derrick Henry. Let's talk about A.J. Brown. Let's talk about Harold Landry. It's a good list. Let's talk about Christian Fulton. Let's talk about Dylan Radins. All of these guys are very much part of your plan for the 2021 Titans. The 2022 two would be a part of your team as well. In most cases, those players are, are guys that you are counting on to become starters because their cost over their first four years is low. Right. Right. And so you, you get a really good player at a really reasonable price until they get to the second contract when you really have to pay them. And if you make this deal for Julio Jones, you, you don't get that guy next year. Man, if you're Julio Jones, how annoyed are you at the 2020 season and what the cap has become? Well, and here's the other thing. There are rumors out there he wants a new contract. <laughs> well, I mean... No, I mean, I believe he's a good player. He's a great player. performed fantastically. I mean, we use the word great too much. Yeah. But we're talking about a great player. Yeah. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I, th- I do too. But I laugh because with what money... And that's just not coming from the Tennessee Titans. That's across the league. Well, with what money? And I think the I think the Jones thing, as far as what it goes for the fan base and what they're seeing now, and I'm talking about the NFL fan base, I think they're seeing the complication of this year and next coming true in this instance. Everybody thought he was going to be dealt by 3.30 Central time on Tuesday. Yep. Anybody you talk is he has he been traded? Is it over? Is it? it? It's like mm. everybody's refreshing and th- Twitter. And th- right, and there were these reports. Oh, there's a one out there. I'm sitting there going, really, really, seriously, somebody's going to trade a one? Nope. Because to a certain extent, you're doing the Falcons a favor. You're getting them out of cap jail. Yep. And even though you're getting a great player, you're taking this contract that they have to get rid of. And you're getting a great player but an old great player. Well, the other thing, too, is there are a lot of things you don't know. A lot of things you don't know. There are a lot of things you don't know, and, you know, can he practice every day? How healthy is he now? I mean, he may pass a physical, and and that may be great, but is his body 32, or is his body 29, or is his body 39? Yeah. Because you see that with certain players. It's like Derrick Henry. Yep. Derrick Henry is 27. For a running back... I think it's amazing that his body may only be 27. Yep. Because for a lot of running backs, their body's 35 by the time they've reached 27. Running back bodies age in dog years because they get beat sure. every single time sure. they're on the but field. But I don't think that's the case with Derek, No. which is why I think Derek, he's the unicorn in that group because I think he has that ability. Right. Which is exciting for the Titans is that you don't have to, to hold your breath as to when is it going to end? Yeah. And with every running back, it ends at some point. We saw it end with Eddie George. This organization saw it end with Earl Campbell, traded him to New Orleans. We saw it ending with Chris Johnson. I mean, it happens. It just happens. Yeah. But with Derek, I don't see that. But, oh. but, but we know him, the Titans know him, because he's in their building. Mm-hmm. And for NFL teams, 
the unknown of all this is is certainly a big deal. It seems like there are more question marks than there are answers, as there are with any new player. In a time when money and assets and all of these things are so limited, do you want all of those question well, marks? Well, do you feel good enough? Because here's the thing. If you want to do it, you can. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is one of the only teams that couldn't would be Atlanta. They wouldn't really well, yeah, they really wouldn't have a means to make a trade for Julio Jones right now, which is why they're in the mess they're in. But the other teams that are mentioned, they can do it. It can happen. Now, what are the other steps and what are they knowing is coming because the people in the front office have to be thinking several moves ahead for down the line. What a time to be alive, what a t- Mike. But then you've got, like, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> yes. And the, the 50-50 money right now is on him retiring. Just, what? Just not playing. What? That's where the money is right now. Okay, what? go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't, pay, ahead. I don't pay attention to that, so I don't know. I don't know. I any. pay attention to that. I know you do, and so that's, that's why we're both on this show, Mike. Really? Yeah. People think he's just going to be like, you know what? Forget it. Just run off with his girlfriend. He doesn't have a great history of keeping girlfriends. Well, that's a different show. <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's a different I don't want to tell him what to do in his life, but wow, that is interesting. That the feeling is that if they don't do something, and you know, they're acting as if they're not going to make the trade. They're saying we're holding on to him come hell or high water, and that the sense out of his camp is that it is reasonable to assume it's possible that he just doesn't play. Can I ask a question about retirement rules? Mm-hmm. Is there a amount of time that can pass? If you say, I am retired, mm-hmm. is there an amount of time that you have to either stay retired or decide whether or not you're retired to come back? After a certain point, you're done for the year. Yeah, that does okay. happen. I, I can't remember the, the specifics of that. But yeah, that does happen. Okay. But you're still under contract to the team, just like... Gronkowski was still under contract to the Patriots. Carson Palmer was still under contract to Cincinnati when they traded him to the Raiders at mid-year. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that works. So Interesting. I'm ba- I had kind of gotten over Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to be honest. I had kind of moved on in the big stories. I moved on to the Julio Jones thing. I was kind of, okay. Well, the whole, co- the whole NFL world, I watched something earlier this week. I watched them do 15 minutes on Julio Jones on ESPN. And it was fascinating. Yeah. And it is fascinating. And I and I get it. And everybody who's had a fantasy team over the last, you know, ten years is like, man, you gotta sign Julio Jones. Just, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, everybody wants Julio Jones on their team. Why would you not? Right. And it and it's like the future be damned. Let's do the now because it's Julio Jones. I don't know that everybody, even on TV, understands all of the ramifications of now because $4 billion were cut out of the NFL's earnings last year, and thus a great amount of money has been cut out of the salary cap for this year and next in terms of growth. I mean, had this thing stayed on track, the salary cap next year would probably be between 220 and 225 Now the max it's going to be next year after dropping back this year the max it's going to be next year is 208 so they signed all these contracts in 2017 and 2018 with the correct assumption 
that would but continue to we grow. We never thought there'd be a pandemic. Well, in what I mean, who, world? Who, who in a in a draft room sat around and went, you know, we we don't want to sign Smith here because he could hurt a knee, and 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 somebody in the back of the room went, and there could be a pandemic. <laughs> you know, everybody, right. great point, Withers. Uh, we we appreciate that. <laughs> Outstanding. You have pointed out the amazing. There could be a pandemic. Yeah. In what universe did anyone in 2019 even anticipate that there could ever be something in this universe that would happen that would have such a dramatic effect on the National Football League? Right. Let's face it. In the real scheme of this, this is not important. This is this is us on the official Titans podcast talking about how the pandemic affects the NFL. I, I just think it goes to the level of the profound impact that it had on the real important parts of society. Right. And yet it trickled all the way down to this issue, which is number 1,679,283 on the list. Right. But it, it is a real thing for the source of our discussion. Right. It had such a colossal impact on the world that it is having a colossal impact on the National Football right. League. Right. That's my point. It's crazy. It is crazy. Absolutely crazy, but here we are. But here we are. And and how creative are you willing to get in situations like this? And, and so the Packers, they could let this play out for a long time because there's not a cap impact if he doesn't show up. Interesting. Yeah. There is no cap impact. If he doesn't show up, they put him on the reserve did not report list. And, he, and that's that. And he does not count until the minute he shows up. So that's the difference in this and Julio Jones. Interesting. The Falcons, if you believe everything you read, the Falcons have no choice about Julio Jones. Unless they go to him and they give him a new contract and do a complete restructure and push it off into the future, which seems unlikely at this moment. It seems as though that's not what he would prefer. Seems like that train has left the station. Correct. Okay. Now, if that's the case, then they don't have any choice. The Packers have a choice. And they have Jordan Love, who they drafted. That is true. So, Aaron Rodgers cannot make them trade him. No. He has no leverage. He has some well, leverage he has some leverage. Aaron Rodgers. I think the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers is the leverage because I think if he keeps it stirred up as much as what he does and decides to be out there and doing interviews with everybody, that it will just get old. Yeah. And I don't think our old friend Matt LaFleur wants to sit around being asked about that all the time because the thing we know about Matthew is he's smart, yes. he's direct, he's in charge, and he is not going to want to waste time talking about a player who doesn't want to play for him not because he has any disrespect toward Aaron he would be that way toward the kicker the defensive tackle the outside linebacker it wouldn't matter he is a no-nonsense guy he's got some for reference some Mike Vrabel in him he sure in does that I'm sure he is so unamused by all of this well we go back to Jim Schwartz yep and that's the start of our conversation he is a lot like Jim Schwartz in that way he is smart. He's no nonsense. As a matter of fact, when, when he was here, I thought more than once about – because Swartz was here when he was young too. I thought more than once about how he reminded me of Jim. I knew Matt would be a head coach. He's got that about him. I mean, he's 28-8 and eight in two years. Unbelievable. I mean – I am so impressed by what he has been able That's to right. do in Green Bay. 
it's it's wild. It is wild. But with Aaron Rodgers. But with Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP through 48 touchdown passes and five interceptions. Yeah. And now, who knows? I don't know. That's why I said, who does? But It's not you. I, I mean, it's not me. Again, in listening to the conversation about him not playing on various outlets this week, I mean, he could take it to the house. That He's, would be so disappointing to me. I why? would be disappointed in him. Why? I kind of want him to. I mean, it's his life. I know. I mean, I mean, he's you, done buddy. enough. He's made. No, I mean, he doesn't have to do. It's, I want him to do the one more Super Bowl thing. Why? I, I just, I like that story. Oh, I don't I, care about that. I, yeah, I, I, I want the do. Titans to do a Super Bowl story. I don't well, care about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, that would be fine. Host too, Jeopardy, Mary. What's her What's her name? Shailene something. Shailene Woodley. Woodley. She's a wonderful actress. She is a wonderful actress. She was good actually. in that George Clooney movie, the one about Hawaii. It was really good. All right. Well, I, I mean, yeah, and she's lovely, and I'm sure they would have a phenomenal life together. It looks like just, it when they go, you know, hiking or whatever. Are those pictures? It, look, I look at their pictures. I think it's fantastic. Like you're way more involved in this than well, I. Well, I mean, you it's were. interesting. I mean, he's <laughs> put he's putting out those pictures of him and that other guy and 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 his wife and they're out hiking and. Yeah, he's trying to make the Packers jealous. Okay. Everybody knows this. That's what he this is. He wants them to be pining after him. I don't think they are. No, they're not. And that's more pictures. He keeps putting out the pictures so that the Packers will miss him and Aren't want you him back. See, at this moment, I'm I'm even more thankful for Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I am, absolutely. I am so thankful for no drama quarterback. Mm-hmm. Funny thing, Ryan Tannehill shows back up on Monday, and there are a bunch of veterans here. Funny how that happens. Hmm. Good leadership. Ah, let's see. Good a leadership. bunch of the a bunch of the veterans show up. I mean, that's your that's your guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. He and, would and I not mean, be doing I, I, this. Aaron Rodgers is a great player, great, great player. I, I'm, I'm not knocking it. He is also at a different place in his career, but it's nice at this point for what we have been through with our quarterback carousel, and the fact that we didn't draft Aaron Rodgers when we could have in 2005. We took Pac-Man Jones. Yep. All right. Well, and the Pac-Man thing didn't work out. That was you that think? Was not a, you not think? A, not a great time. You re- <laughs> not, really? Not not have been a good yeah, choice. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. It I was, didn't. I didn't do it. No. <laughs> but we had to cut out a whole part of the caravan <laughs> because we we couldn't get up and tell children to make good choices <laughs> when we had a guy on our team who wouldn't make any. Yeah. That's a true story. We ended up cutting out our school program for that year on the caravan. So, yeah, that was bad. Could have taken Aaron Rodgers. But now we have a quarterback. Yeah. Playing good ball. Yeah. Good dude. Players like him. Leader. Winning. Do you want to be sitting in that position? Right? Do you want to be the Green Bay Packers right now? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I would have gone through. I would go through all the girlfriends and Olivia Munn and, and – Danica Patrick, I would have gone through all that to have Aaron Rodgers instead of Pac-Man Jones. Yes, I would have done that. <laughs> I would live through that moment. All right. you, you're asking an honest question. I'm giving you an honest answer. But because I went through the other. <laughs> <laughs> you're very thankful for the now. I'm very thankful for, for the now, for the quiet, for the leadership, for a guy who I think is a real good player who has found his system and found his place. I, I think at this moment it has worked out for the Titans. Yes. I agree. Sometimes it's about the journey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't here for that. We had the journey. <laughs> 
I'm tuned back into Aaron Rodgers. You've convinced me that I need to focus more well, of my I, attention. I don't on know that. what he's gonna do. I know, but I'm coming back around to it. I need to dive into this. Apparently, I need to get on Instagram. Check it out. What you need is don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau health plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. By the way, thank you to the folks at Farm Bureau health plans for those sharp orcas we got this week. Uh, that is a phenomenal addition to my home. And you can carry it with like two fingers. And you can carry. Okay. Have you heard about my whale tail discovery? And so, so you do the Mike Vrabel mustache with it. Yeah. Well, so we were standing in the parking lot. They were gifted to us and it was so nice. And I. I was holding it and I was looking at it and they were telling me about how it was designed so you can hold it with two fingers and that's just the coolest thing. But the way it's shaped, it looks like a disguised mustache. And so I was like, or if you're in a place where you don't need to be seen being there, I don't know people's lives, you can hold it up and it's like a little disguise. That's big time. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Farm Bureau, for sending those to us. Thank you very much. Also... Want to say best wishes to our colleague, Mike Duell. Dr. Duell, leaving the Tennessee Titans and our, our video department, friend of all of ours, headed to the great state of Indiana to take a, a good job, not with the Colts. Not with the Colts. Not with the Colts. He is adamantly opposed to any and all insinuations that he will be a Colts fan once he gets he to Indiana. Not. He has sworn to me he it will, will not. not happen. He will not. He's a great human. He will not turn on us. <laughs> he is a great human. He is a titan for life. Yes, 100%. Dr. Duell, thank you so much for that. That's going to wrap up this edition of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Any other comments that you'd like to make at this point? No, not really. You're this done. felt this felt like a thorough episode of the official Titans podcast. I feel good about what we have covered. And I'm getting back on this Aaron Rodgers stuff. I'm gonna do some sleuthing. I'll have an answer for you by Monday, Mike. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us for the O T P where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Tighten blood running through our veins